Today's readings are Romans 8, 31 through 38, and Psalm 44, 1 through 8, and 22 through 26. They can be found on your screen. This is God's word. What then shall we do in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then can condemn? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who lives, who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Psalm 44. We have heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us that what you did in their days, in days long ago. With your hand, you drove out the nations and planted our ancestors. You crushed the people, peoples and made our ancestors flourish. It was not by their sword that they won the lands, nor did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you loved them. You are my king and my God, who decrees victories for Jacob. Through you, we push back our enemies. Through your name, we trample our foes. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory, but you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. In God, we make our boasts all day long, and we will praise your name forever. Yet for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to the slaughtered. Awake, Lord. Why do you sleep? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us. Redeem us because of your unfailing love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Speedy God. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we hear these passages and um, we're dedicating this time to listen for your voice. We attempt to quiet our hearts uh, to quiet the noise and the clutter that fills our hearts, our minds. Would you pierce through all of it with your grace, giving us words of mercy that we may understand who you are, how you want us to know, know you, and how we can live differently because of what you have done through Jesus. Would you speak to us whether we come with doubts or whether we come with great faith and gratitude, whether we need a challenge or whether we need just soothing comfort and words that it's going to be okay. Whatever we need, 
we all know that we're, we're all in need of your grace. Your gracious, merciful, loving, forgiving presence. So meet us with that presence and speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so for the Christian, if you're a Christian, you have the most you you have the most important victory that is required or that is needed for your life. You have that, and it's already in the past. You're already on the other side of the most essential, important victory that you could possibly imagine that you would need. And this passage, um, and, well, Romans eight, the Romans eight, the Romans eight passage is a soaring, lofty declaration of this. Did you catch it? Maybe you know it. It's a, actually pretty familiar because it's so powerful in how these words tell us, you know, uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? Um, and then there's this other, uh, this other place here where it says, we are, I love this phrase, we are more than conquerors. More than, how do you, how are you even more than conquerors? I don't know, but that's what, you're more than conquerors. Um, it's lofty. It's huge. You know, what danger could separate us? You know, can angels, demons, anything, present, future, nothing. It's, it's soaring. It's a soaring lofty declaration that the greatest victory that you could possibly long for is already in the past. But circumstances come up, right? Circumstances come up that seem to threaten the victory, they seem to be robbing, looking to rob the, um, the rob the, the plunder, you might say. And so um, this is where we find ourselves. And this is actually why, if you look at the other passage that we tapped into, Psalm 44, you maybe don't notice this, even if you knew and if you have memorized Romans chapter 8, you don't realize, oh, Romans chapter 8, right there in the middle, is quoting from somewhere. Where is it quoting from? It's quoting from Psalm 44. And Psalm 44 starts by declaring a truth that I just, basically the one I just laid out for you, that God is a warrior. God is our champion. You know, it's not our arms that do it. It's God's. It's, it's God's hand. It's his, it's his sword. It's his arm that brings victory. It's the light of his face. Okay, so this is what it's declaring, but then did you notice there's a turn? And we skipped some of the middle of that psalm, but it turns at verse 22, and then we get these words, yet for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Wait, God, I thought you were our shepherd. I thought we had victory. I thought you're leading us to good pastures. Where are you now? And so it says, awake, Lord, why do you sleep? And this, this, is, the, this is the problem. This is what happens with us is that circumstance come to us and we take this same, we have to go through the same kind of prayer in a sense, or the same kind of mental journey where we say, I thought we had victory, but it's something's different now and it's not looking like it's so. Maybe God's not paying attention. Maybe God's not as victorious as we thought. And of course our world gives us just today our world's giving us plenty of reasons to do the same emotional spiritual mental journey wait a minute god are you are you listening are you there are you doing anything i thought we had victory and one of the things that i want to draw attention to and we'll call it false plunder 
is the idea that in these kind of times, here's, here's sort of what happens, is that a crisis comes into our life or into our world. And we wake up one morning and suddenly we don't feel like winners, we feel like losers. Um, I'm looking around the screen, I see all these little faces and I know uh, you look all like winners to me and I know you, you'd like me to think of you all as winners, but let's be honest, you wake up some mornings and you just, it's that feeling of, I, you know, am I a loser? Am I a loser? Am I losing? Oh no, are we losing? Is the victory been, it being robbed from us? Is the victory out of reach? Did, was there really ever a victory? It seems like if you, to continue the battle analogy, if, if life is a battle, uh, it seems like we're sustaining losses that are so significant that the victory is being jeopardized completely. And we have this phrase, to the victor goes the spoils, right? Or to the victor goes the plunder. And this is what I wanna talk about, false plunder, false plunder. As, as we go through life, these, this kind of journey of struggling with crisis, beginning to doubt the victory, really brings to the surface, what's your real sense of treasure or plunder or bounty or spoils? Because usually what we're doing is we're freaking out because one of our false plunders seems to be slipping from our grasp. And um, so this might be wealth. It's a, a very easy one, very common one, you know, our material needs. It might be stability. It might be predictability. It might be uh, future comforts and stability. Maybe it relates to a retirement account. Um, maybe it's your physical attractiveness. And so one of your false plunders is, you know, I, I'm okay as long as I can convince myself that I look good and that I get a certain reaction from people. And that when I look in the mirror, there's a certain number of things that I see that make me say, okay, everything's all right. Um, what other false plunders? Maybe you have your own, it could be intelligence. I'm smart, I'm on top of my game. I can argue with anybody and, you know, I know that I come out the winner. I can produce things intellectually. I can produce things. Maybe it's work. I can produce and check off things. Um, maybe it's your feelings. If I feel good, then life is good. I don't feel good today. The world's crashing down. And what, what I'm saying about all of this is all of this becomes false plunder. And we have to stop and evaluate when we find ourselves going through this journey of crisis we have to use the let, allow God to use the crisis to help us grow, to help us look at and say, huh, is that, is that the real plunder? Is that the real bounty? Is that the real treasure that my life is rooted in? And every imagined crisis has this dynamic. We're forgetting the treasure. We're getting the treasure wrong. And what God wants each of you to realize, now this, this will transition to talking about what is the real treasure. What God wants you and me to realize every day is how very little you need going well for you in life to be able to live with joy. I'm looking around and see if I see any nodding or whatever. I saw some blank faces, so I'll say it again. <laughs> God wants you to know, and me, 
how very little you need to be going well for you in life in order for you to live from the joy that's available to you, the joy of being God's child. What is the real plunder? Both of these passages tell us, both of these passages tell us, and it's not any of those things that, you know, we feel slipping out of our grasp in a crisis and we worry and panic and say, where are you, God? Well, I thought we were victorious. This is slipping out of my grasp. It's none of those things. It's very simply this. As you look at these passages in Psalm chapter 44, Psalm 44, verse 3, is it, is it the might? Is it the strength that's really behind all of this? No, the, the verse ends, why, why does, what does God's victory accomplish and what is it coming from? In this simple phrase, for you loved them, for you loved them. Right amidst all the victories, what are they all about? God's love. And then if you look to Romans 8, it's even more clear. We're tempted to think that there's some shallow plunder going on when verse 32 says, how, how will this God not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? And we go, ooh, all things, plunder, spoils, you know, and our brains go to all these false plunders. But no, look at what the, how the, where the passage goes with this. What are we anchored in? What is it talking about we can't be separated from? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That's it. That's the treasure. And in the end, what does it say? Neither height nor death nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's it. That's what you have. That's what's secure. It's almost as if, I don't know if this analogy is probably going to have a hundred holes in it that you could poke, but it's almost as if there's this orphan child that's brought in and adopted by a king, a, a mighty warrior king whose realm is secure. And this, this child is sitting in this playroom of the castle, but here's the rumbling outside of, of, of of armies. Here's the cries of enemies. Here's battles taking place outside the castle walls and says to this new, new father, adoptee father, uh, daddy, are we okay? I'm scared. And the dad says, no, you're safe. You're here with me. And all of that needs to happen out there. Those sounds, those things that are distracting you, that are worrying you, that are happening those have their place and they're happening, but nothing's going to make its way inside the castle walls. I've got it all handled. That's almost, there's something there about our new status as the child of the greatest, most powerful warrior king who loves us and has us secure in his presence. The greatest problem, the greatest threat, the greatest enemy in the world turns out to be um, the, th the, the actual social distancing that has been created by the virus of human sin. And it is that social distance, that an alienation between us and God that has been rectified through Jesus on the cross. And so just to, just to wrap it up and to, to move towards a moment of reflecting on this, what these passages are teaching us is to remember the real spoils. Remember the real bounty. Remember the real treasure that we draw from, that we live based on. And in order to look towards something, you need to look away from other things. 
And so there's a sense in which we need to shun and turn from the false treasures of the world. The world is drawing us in, enticing us into all kinds of false plunder. And we need to turn from that and turn towards the secure status of being adopted children of the great warrior king who has become victorious over the alienation problem that we had between him and us. Friends, this is, this is, the, this is the challenge and this is what I leave you with as I'm gonna do, I'm gonna try here for a share screen and you're gonna see a couple of questions. Um, uh, if I do this correctly, which there's no guarantee I will, um, do you guys see uh, the questions there for pause and reflect? Okay, I see some thumbs up. Pause and reflect, take a, take a minute. We're only gonna give about a minute here today to just solidify what God's saying to you through this. And then if you need more time, you can take that later on. What might God's spirit be drawing your attention to this morning from these scriptures? And then there's questions for further growth. What would be one action that represents a turn from false plunder what would be one action that would help you turn towards your true spiritual bounty? Take a moment to consider where God is guiding you today. Just close by a simple prayer. Our dear Lord, whether we find this message confusing, whether it leads us into challenging terrain, or whether it's a like a like a, like a tall glass of crystal clear water found amidst our walk in the desert. Go with this message in our hearts and in our lives. And may it bear fruit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And now we are going to sing Abide With Me. One, two, one, two, three, four. Let's sing I Have a Hope. I have a hope, eternal hope. But for now, I walk this broken world. At first, you know our pain, 